Bom dia, boa tarde. Welcome to another episode of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. I'm your guest host, John Neves, back here again to talk about my favorite subject, your favorite subject, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football, whatever word you use in your part of the world. Episode 106, and another brand new week before us. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad we have a brand new week because the past seven days, the past week, a lot of difficult things happen, a lot of disappointment, uh, Much, most of which I don't think makes Portugal and Portuguese football look very good. Uh, but it's been a very rough uh, seven days, and I'll talk about that in a moment. And then, of course, previewing uh, Week 23, uh, taking a peek toward Week 24, Benfica Ajax next Wednesday in their first leg of the Champions League, second division report, my picks, and then we're going to have the Fast and Furious section uh, with regards to talking about everything about Jota. Is he going to be okay? Uh, what type of injury does he have? Bernardo Silva, incredible form right now. Cristiano, back in the news, but not necessarily the greatest thing with the captaincy at Manchester United. Um, and obviously, I also have to talk a little bit about sporting and the very ugly loss. Uh, it's very hard not to talk about it. I've, I've always said here, I'm going to talk about good things, but then there's always going to be times to talk about some bad things and, and add some perspective uh, for that. But before I get going with uh, my preview and, and the upcoming week to set up the table for you for the next seven days, um, very disappointing uh, past week. Obviously, the Clásico, which is, you know, whenever Porto Sporting, Porto Benfica, Benfica Sporting getting together, it is certainly one of the big events in Portugal. It also tends to attract a lot of interest from outside of Portugal, uh, South America, North America, uh, parts of Europe. Uh, a lot of these matches have been on a Friday night. You know, Benfica Sporting was on a Friday night. We had a bunch of matches, uh, Porto Benfica, both on a Thursday night. We've had this match, which was, was on a Friday night, because obviously there was European matches the following week. But the matches are being played at a time where the audience would be bigger than if they were to play maybe on a Saturday or Sunday. But the point is, it ended very ugly. Um, BT Sport out of the United Kingdom put out a tweet where they had about five minutes of that broadcast. And basically, you saw... Uh, players, a lot of people on the field that don't even play were on the field. We saw people that are associated with the game day operation apparently doing stuff. We saw the referee walking around in a scrum of people looking to give people red cards. Uh, it was just unbelievable scenes. And that tweet of that video, last I saw, had 600,000, uh, over 600,000 views. And uh, I always talk about on this uh, podcast, I said it even last week, that, you know, I like to see Portuguese football, Portuguese soccer get more eyeballs, meaning more people, because people get excited about our young talent. People get so excited about the national team, the Seleção. But a lot of people do not get as excited about Porto Maritimo, Sporting Estoril, Bilanense Sad, Gil Vicente. They just don't, unless you're putting money on the game. And... The reality is, is when you have a big match like that and it ends that way, you're darn well bet you're going to get a lot of people that are going to start to look at that controversy, but it's not going to be for the right reasons. And um, it's just very, very ugly. And, you know, it's just the way it is in Portugal, too. Um, I think if you're brand new to Portuguese football, welcome. 
Um, this is not going to be the last time it will happen. If you're a veteran like me, you know that this is just one in the long line of controversies where the story wasn't what happened on the pitch. It was what happened uh, off the pitch, or at least in terms of, you know, not necessarily with uh, the ball being kicked around and people playing the sport. It was really just very ugly. And the scenes are not very good. Um, you know, and, and look, it's been a very rough few months. Bisad Benfica was very ugly. Um, the national team having to go to the playoff, very ugly. We've had situations like Wishfli Vieta last year, very ugly. We had the Buscas with Porto back in November with the investigation, not very pretty. We've had this situation even this week. You know, Benfica doesn't even escape uh, being a big news with regards to apparent uh, investigation of a case that started in 2018. Um, but apparently has led to the allegation. And by the way, it's important to say allegation until, in fact, people are convicted um, of apparently a referee and a possible connection. And if it, if it happens, worst case scenario, they could be relegated. Now, I don't care what anybody says. I don't ever see any of the big three teams ever getting relegated for whatever wrongdoing. I just, all hell would break loose if that happened. I just don't see it. Um, obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I don't work for the teams. I don't work with the Liga. I'm not sure, but I just don't see it. It was like, la like what was it, a year and a half ago when we were trying to finish the last 10 matches of the season when we came back after the two-month break with COVID, and people were trying to understand whether or not they were going to finish the season. And I kept saying, of course they're going to finish the season. No way are they going to give somebody a Liga trophy with millions of dollars on the line for the Champions League. It's just, it's not, it needs to be decided on the pitch. And... That's the way it is in Portugal, and, and no administration, no judicial review, in my opinion, is going to relegate anybody. There'll be people punished. Perhaps people can go to jail. I don't know, but I, I don't ever see people getting relegated. Again, just my honest opinion. And that's all it is, by the way. For those that take it seriously, that's all it is is an opinion. But in my opinion, there's just been a lot of bad news uh, with regards to the past week. And, you know, there was some good news. Um, well, first off... Give Porto a lot of credit. A good win at home. Obviously, the away goal rule helps here, but going to be a tough second leg next week in Rome. But Conceição and his ability to consistently, as a manager of Porto, to defeat Italian teams or put himself in a position to eliminate them is, you got to admire it. You got to admire it. I know a lot of people won't if they're not, you know, if you're a Benfica Porto, you know, sporting fan, you don't really care, but you got to admire it. But that was good news. We also had good news with the government continuing to ease restrictions with the COVID. And now you can go and attend a football match, soccer match, or a sporting event, whether it's, you know, handball, whether it's roller hockey, uh, whether it's basketball, one of my favorite sports, and you don't need to show a test. Um, so uh, there's been some good news this week, but there just hasn't been any, you know, just, just, you know, the news has been good. We expected Porto to be Lazio. I know I did. Uh, we expected eventually the government would ease the conditions, but it's nice to have that type of news. But this week was overwhelmingly bad news. And then we had the very tough Champions League match with Sporting. And, and last week when I gave my preview, I sincerely believed that Sporting could have won 2-1. to one. I didn't think it was going to be very pretty when they went to Manchester. But when you look at this team and everything they've accomplished under Ruben Amorim, I felt that they could have been competitive. And the reality is, is 
you know, Guardiola said this, Amorin said this, the announcers said this. It seemed like every time City went to the other side of the goal, they scored. That was the comment that you heard all the time. Um, even the pl some of the players uh, said that. And give a lot of credit to Bernardo Silva. He gets paid by Manchester City, and he gets paid to score goals and to help his team win, and he did. And no doubt doing it against Sporting was obviously an extra taste of beauty for him. You know, no doubt. We obviously know his uh, passion for Benfica. Um, but uh, it's disappointing because I think a lot of ex people accepted the fact that City and Sporting are obviously they are on two different levels. There's, you know, it's not deny it. We saw what happened with Porto and Liverpool. Two different levels. Um, we, you know, it, it is what it is. But very disappointing. Braga going to Sheriff. Sheriff's a decent team, though. There, there. Sheriff's a decent squad. But that was very disappointing. So it was a very rough week. Um, and that's why I'm glad that now we're going to start looking forward to the next week. And hopefully we have, you know, better times. And people sometimes say to me, well, why don't you talk about the controversies more? And I always say, well, one, I don't know how many times people care because people get so angry if you talk bad about their team. But the reality is I don't talk bad about it because it seems like there's all these controversies, um, especially the allegations of corruption, um, and to be honest with you, it just seems like in the last few years, there's been no adjudication of it. There's been nothing that's been done. Um, so if somebody does, in fact, go to jail eventually, whatever team it is, then obviously you count on it because it's gone through the judicial process. But sometimes you just hear about these controversies. They go on and on. And then at the end of the day, um, you know, we don't hear anything about it. Um, you know, so why talk about something that right now is clearly an allegation and clearly you know, regardless of what you think, hasn't been decided yet in the courts. It just goes on and on and on. And so why? what's the point of talking about something on and on and on if we don't have a final answer? So, but now let's talk about the upcoming week and hopefully uh, better times, uh, hopefully some matches that will bring a better look to Portugal because I think a lot of people were very embarrassed uh, during the uh, past week. But we get going with week 23. And uh, it starts on Friday. Benfica, of course, playing next Wednesday against Ajax. I'll have a preview uh, coming up in the second half of this episode. And Benfica will be going to the Bessa to play Boa Vista. Uh, Boa Vista, of course, a little bit better on the Petit, but not great. Verissimo um, basically has warned his players, pay attention to this match. Don't be thinking about Ajax next Wednesday. Pay attention to this match. Uh, Benfica... We'll see. We'll see if uh, you know if they slip up. Uh, the only player that's not available uh, to play this weekend is Seferovic, who seems to have a very long-term injury. I mean, it seems to be going on for a very long time now. Um, but uh, that gets going on uh, Friday night. So we do have Friday night uh, football, Friday night soccer. Then you get a very good match to start off, and that's Gilles Vicente. Uh, Gilles Vicente has not lost in their last seven Liga matches. Um, they have been uh, spectacular. We obviously know what they did with uh, Benfica. Um, they um, won last week at Vizel. I predicted that was one of my picks, the only pick I got wrong. Uh, but then they disappointed the week before with Santa Clara. But uh, Gilles Vicente has been a very solid team, and they're going to be playing first match on Saturday against uh, Bissad. Passos de Ferreira will be taking on Vizela. And then you got Guimarães against the Roca to finish out the Saturday action. And then on Sunday, 
You've got Meritimu, again, with the exception of recent losses to Porto and Benfica. This has been one of the better teams in Portugal. I talked about Vasco Siabra last week. They have been uh, fantastic, and they'll be playing Familia Kong, who last week beat up on Moreirense 5-0, so much that Ricardo Sapinto was already talking about maybe leaving the team if things didn't get better and the players didn't improve. But uh, big, uh, big uh, result last week for Familia Kong, but now they're going to go to Madeira to play uh, probably one of the better teams in the league in the last 10 weeks, uh, 10 matches. Uh, in the Liga, so that's a very good match. Uh, then you got Sporting at home to Estoril. Sporting, of course, won't have uh, suspended as Gallo, Paulinha, Tabata, and Coates. So that's you know that. By the way, that's that's a lot of good players. Uh, you, we know Ugart will step in, and you know there's other players that are going to step in. But uh, that's going to be pretty. Uh, that's going to be that's some pretty big losses for uh, Sporting. Uh, but they'll be again playing at home to Estoril. Uh, more dance, like I told you about with uh, Ricardo Sapinto. Um, you know what's going to happen with them and uh, the Belgium international player they brought during the uh, transfer window. He's also hurt this weekend, so he's not available. So uh, things certainly not going the way. But more dance this weekend. You know when you thought things couldn't get tougher, now they've got to play Porto, coming off the big win against Lazio, with thanks to two goals by Tony. And uh, not an easy situation for Morey And, you know, you kind of hope that, well, I, I mean, I don't know if necessarily Porto's going to win 5-0, but if it does happen again to Morey Dance, you hope that maybe they'd be a little bit patient because we are, after all, talking about Porto. Uh, but that's uh, pretty much the match, and uh, Porto will be traveling uh, to that again. Porto, uh, their last seven matches away in the Liga, six of them are all up north. So, again, this is one of those six matches where they don't have to necessarily make a big trip. Um and then, of course, you have Tundela <clears throat> taking on Braga. Braga won't have Orta. He's been uh, suspended for uh, two matches. So <clears throat> that's a very big uh, match. And, you know, Braga, very disappointing a result going to Sheriff. Um, Carlos Carvial has said that it's not over, you know, that they're going to come back home. And the goal is to, you know, they're obviously they've got to score at least two goals. But they've got a lot of work to do uh, coming up next week, so we'll see what happens. And then, uh, basically, week uh, 23 comes to an end on Monday, and then this is a pretty good match, too. Santa Clara, one of the more improved teams, they'll be hosting Purti Munans, who got a good result last week um, at home against Boavista, drawing 1-1. Um, so that's a pretty good uh, matchup there, and that'll end uh, round 23, week 23 on uh, Monday. Um, so you've got week 23, then you've got Benfica next Wednesday taking on Ajax, and I'll have the preview coming up here in the uh, few minutes. Uh, next week, by the way, is a great week. You don't have a classical, you don't have a derby, but you've got some really, really tough matches uh, for some of the big teams. Uh, first off, you got Meritimu at home to Sporting. Be careful, Sporting. That's a tough one. Um, we've got uh, Benfica at home to Guimarães. Guimarães never make it e easy for Benfica. Although, I think Guimarães went something like six or seven matches without beating uh, Benfica, but they still have a history of being tough with them. That's a pretty good match. you got Porto at home to Gil Vicente. How about that? You know, Porto, after, you know, after playing their second leg uh, next Thursday against Lazio, going to Rome, they'll have to come back home then on Sunday and host uh, Gil Vicente. And maybe the good thing is the fact that they're playing that at home. But that's a dangerous match for Porto. Um, only, you know, play Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday, train, 
try to give some players a little bit of time off, and then you got to play this, what really is a very good, difficult match against the fifth-place team, Gil Vicente. Uh, and then you got a Braga Santa Clara next week, which is you know another very good match. So next week the giant clubs all have very tough matches. So there's a lot to look forward to next week, and that's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to look forward to these small teams giving these big teams a hard time, making great television, hopefully scoring goals. That's what the conversation should be about all the time, but sometimes unfortunately it isn't. So. Um, that's kind of what we have. Uh, one other, few other things, by the way, to mention around the league. Uh, Stephen Victoria, the Canadian international, uh, he's also injured, so he will not be playing this weekend against uh, Porto. Would have been nice to maybe see him on the pitch this weekend with Stephen Astakio. If uh, you know Stephen would get some uh, minutes, uh, that would have been nice. Uh, obviously, this weekend Porto, Marchesen, and Pep are suspended. Uh, we already told you about the suspension this weekend with Guach. Esgayu, Paulinha, and Tabata. So they are out. Uh, and then looking further here at the list, uh, Benfica again, really the only player that they're going to miss missing. They've got no player suspended, and that will be uh, Seferovic. Um, so, and oh, by the way, Gil Vicente, by the way, this weekend, they'll be missing one of their top scorers, one of the Liga uh, better scorers, and that's uh, Fran Navarro. He's also suspended, so he will not be featuring. Uh, this uh, weekend. Let's go to the second uh, division uh, report. And man, oh man, this is the problem sometimes where terrific competition in the second division. We literally have six teams battling for the second division title. And if you take away the B team of Benfica, five of those teams are battling for promotion, uh, if not third place playoff promotion. This is the way it's supposed to be when you have a bunch of teams that are competitive. Uh, Casapia and Benfica B leading the way with 43 points. Shavs, man, have they been playing really well. We talked about them last week. And uh, Fadens from the Feda, they'll be, uh, they are third and fourth. So you've got Casapia, Benfica B, 43. You've got Shavs, Fadens with 42. You've got Riwav, 41. Nacional, 36. That's pretty good. And again, you know, Gazepia, Shavs, Ferenc, all these teams, Rio Ave, in the hunt. You know, it's only uh, round 23. Still a lot of matches left to be played, and there's just been a terrific, uh, terrific competition so far. Uh, by the way, this past Thursday, uh, Varzim played uh, Ferenc from Algarve. Ferenc from Algarve won. They really needed those uh, three points. So right now, everybody in the second division has all played 22 matches. So everybody is caught up. Just like in the first division, um, looks like the COVID, uh, at least in terms of numbers, has uh, quieted down in uh, Portugal, and uh, especially at least in uh, in you know in football. But uh, obviously, a um, you know the, 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 they're even now. Everybody has played the same amount of matches, and uh, as a result, moving forward, uh, the standing will be what it's supposed to be, without having some teams like we had a few weeks ago being two or three matches uh, behind. And as far as this weekend goes. Uh, basically, to me, there's really two good matches. Uh, this, well, there's th well, actually three very good matches this weekend. You got Casapia, basically in a first place tie with Benfica pl B playing Nacional. Nacional really needs to get three points there if they're going to try to catch up. But that's a really very good match on Saturday. You've got Fadens from the Feira taking on Riwab, two local teams up north. Uh, Fadens in fourth place, Riwab in fifth place. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good matchup for the second division. And then, of course, you also have FC Porto B taking on Shavs. 
which just doesn't see lately has just been in an absolute role. Uh, the two lead, the monthly awards that are voted on by the managers, uh, majority of the awards in the second division went to the, um, you know, including the manager of Shavs and a bunch of the players. So Shavs right now, if you remember, they spent a few years in the first division are rolling. They're doing very, very well, and they're making an effort. And um, I, again, I talked about them uh, last week. Uh, Benfica B, they'll be playing on Monday. So essentially action starts on Friday. It ends on Monday. They'll be playing uh, Fadence from Algarve. And, uh, on, and then pretty much week two ends on Monday night with the Shrila Madura taking on Varzim. Um, and that'll wrap up the action on Monday. And again, some really, really good uh, matches uh, going on in the second division. And most of the matches are going to be shown on Sport TV. The FC Porto B Shavs match will be on Porto Canal. Benfica B Ferenc on Monday will be on BTV. Uh, Canal 11, the Federation's uh, channel, they're going to be showing Trofense Mafra. So uh, it's a good thing. But again, I'll say it again. Wish they would put some of these matches for the people outside of Portugal to watch on YouTube because there's a lot of good young players that are playing in the uh, second uh, division. Uh, my picks, I had a great week last week. Three and one. It's the second time in three weeks that I've won three out of uh, four picks. I predicted that Chaves would beat Vila Frequence. They did. I predicted that Braga would beat Passos de Freira. They did. I predicted that Portimonense Boa Vista would end in a 1-1 draw. That's exactly what happened. The only one I got wrong, and, and I took a chance on this, was I said that uh, Gil Vicente Vizela would end in a 1-1 result, and uh, Gil Vicente did win on the road uh, 1-0. But, uh, you know, my heart was kind of like, yeah, Gil Vicente, you know, closest team to my parents' hometown. They've been playing so well. But, the dis you know, they beat Benfica at the Luge. Then they came home and had that disappointing draw with Santa Clara. And I just didn't really know what to expect what's on some of these players' minds going into that match. But they did manage to pull out the win, so a credit to them. But I got that one wrong. So right now I've gotten 52 correct, 38 incorrect. But I've improved the last three weeks, and I'm at 58%. Uh, people who make a living at this thing, you know, they say that 58% isn't too bad. But again, uh, my initial goal was 75%, which, by the way, is not happening. But if I can get into the 60s, I'd be pretty happy. Um, who am I going to pick this weekend? Uh, I'm predicting Porto will beat Moreirense. Uh, that's probably an easy one, but I just don't see Porto dropping points. Uh, sporting Estoril, I'm predicting uh, Sporting will win. Even if uh, Amarin and, and uh, Sporting don't have the magic in Europe, I do think they still have the magic in Portugal, and I see them winning. I'm uh, predicting Gil Vicente will beat up on B-side. I'm thinking of 3-0 right around there. Um, and then I'm predicting in the second division, I'm going to go with FC Porto B, losing to Chaves. I just think Chaves is just playing too well right now. A lot of momentum. They have some of the best players in the second division. Um, and I'm predicting Chaves will win 2-1. to one. And again, the score is just for fun. Uh, it's all about whether or not my predict who's going to win, draw, or lose. So, again, Porto will beat Moreirense. Sporting will beat Estoril. Gil Vicente will beat Bissad. And I've got Chaves going to FC Porto B for the win and uh, again having fun two to one and by the way last week i didn't pick it as one of my picks with the classico um but i did predict a 2-2 score and we got a 2-2 score so um i probably should have picked that and maybe i would have been four for four but you know i just uh, felt like you know there was too much going on and i just decided not to pick it which again 
when you're trying to make predictions, it's about getting not just the predictions of the games you want, uh, you know, with the win, lose, or draw. It's also about making sure you pick the right one. So in that case, I didn't uh, do it. Part two of the PortugueseSoccer.com podcast. And this is going to be my fast and furious section. I'm uh, going to talk about a lot of the topics from this week. And, and I'm going to really also start with basically the Benfica Ajax preview. Uh, well, let me just tell you this. Ajax, great group stage campaign. They beat up on Sporting pretty bad in the uh, two legs. Uh, since match day six, which if you remember is when they played uh, Sporting in Amsterdam, they have, uh, according to what I'm looking at, they have won nine out of ten matches. And they are essentially first in Holland, and they are also involved in the Dutch Cup semifinals. So this team, Ajax, is still on fire. And Benfica, uh, which pretty much, you know, since then, um, you know, obviously they lost uh, the two matches to Porto, uh, but obviously we know what happened with JJ. They have not been as good since they qualified for the Champions League, if you remember, when they played Dynamo Kiev home and you know, Barcelona, and they wound up, you know, finishing ahead of uh, Barcelona and Benfica in second place. And since that night, uh, we've seen a new manager. We've seen some pretty disappointing results. We've seen players like PZ leave. So the question is, is to me, when I think about any matchup, I think of momentum. And right now, Ajax definitely has all the momentum. I mean, without a doubt, they have all the momentum. Now, Benfica does have the first leg at home next Wednesday night. Wouldn't be surprised to see at least 45,000 people in the luge, especially now that you don't have to test. Um, but to me, what need, Benfica needs to do is they need to score goals and they need to win that first leg. They cannot allow, because of the offensive firepower of Ajax, they cannot go to Holland thinking they need to go there and score two goals you know, to win, um, You know, overturn a, a result at home by scoring two goals. The bottom line is Benfica needs to score all the goals they can at home and they need to go and be defensive as possible in Amsterdam because Ajax is a scoring machine. In my opinion, um, you know, again, you could talk about statistics, you could talk about players and, and things like that. But for me, Benfica needs to get a very good result at home. I said the same thing about sporting last week and look what happened. But in European competition, especially now that the away rules doesn't matter, it really is important to score goals at home and to pick up a result so that you're not forced to have to go and score two or three goals. Because I don't know if Benfica can go to Ajax and score two or three goals if they have to. You know, the way the Benfica's team has been playing, uh, I just don't know if this team is capable of going there and winning a high-scoring match against a team like Ajax, which has just been absolutely brilliant winning nine of ten matches since they played sporting in that final match day of the uh, Champions League. So, uh, in my opinion, they need to score... Uh, they need the players that they spent a lot of money on to score. Uh, I'm going to make a prediction now. Probably I think it's going to end 2-2, uh, which would not be a great result for Benfica. Uh, I'm not necessarily high on Verissimo. Again, I think he's a very good manager. But at this point in time with Benfica, I just, you know, I mean, obviously he's, he's, in the he's within the house. He's within the family. He managed the B team. So it made sense to bring him up when they needed a manager after J.J. left. But now that he's been in, and what is he now, a month and a half, he's been in control. Um, I don't know if I've seen anything yet 
that shows that this team is capable. I mean, right now there's a lot of talk with Benfica about second place. You know, they're only four points behind Sporting. And obviously when you're only four points behind the team, of course, mathematically, it's very possible. But league play says that Sporting has just been a much better team than Benfica. And based on momentum, based on form, um, you know, it could have been one point. It wouldn't have mattered. So in my opinion, Benfica is definitely the underdog here against Ajax. And they've got to score a lot of goals. They've got to find a way to walk away with the 3-1 to result and be able to go to Ajax. And if Ajax scores early, at least have the ability, because they scored a few goals at home, to kind of cushion it. Because I just don't see Benfica going to Amsterdam, winning a high-scoring match. I just, uh, the way this team's been playing. Now, it would be a tremendous surprise if they did. Great for Portuguese football. But again, most of the time when you think about a team's chances, you look at the team's form over the last two months and... There's not a lot to be inspired about Benfica, whereas Ajax right now is everything. And Ajax probably is happy that they're spending the first leg because, you know, they did pretty well the last time they were here. So we'll see. But, you know, when Rui Vitoria was manager, you remember that year when Ajax was in uh, Benfica's group and uh, Ajax came out of the group and eventually Ajax went to the Champions League semifinals that year, if you remember. Ajax said that year that Benfica was the toughest team they played all year. Um, so... Can this Benfica team do that? Can they be as tough as the one a few years ago with uh, Rui Vitoria, you know, um, that even though they were very disappointing, still gave Ajax a hard time. So we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, Portuguese clubs, Porto, okay. Braga's in trouble. And, uh, you know, we'll see about Benfica. Sporting, the only thing they could play for is to try to go to City and hope if City doesn't play their best players, which I don't think they will. Um, there's going to be some players, but not all of them. Sporting right now, the best they could do is help out Portugal's coefficient rankings and, and try to go out there and try to see if they can grab a draw and, uh, you know, kind of, you know, walk away. You know, Porto, I think, did that a few years ago. They lost ugly at home to Liverpool, and then I think they went, uh, when they went to Liverpool, I think they got a very respectable draw. Uh, I think it might have been 0-0-1-1. I can't remember. But that's what sporting needs to do. But right now, sporting is, is obviously, look, they're not looking good. So Braga's not looking good, even though Carlos Corviale has said that he thinks they still got a shot, that it's not over, but it's going to be tough. But Porto has a shot, and we'll see if Benfica, you know, will have a shot as well. And um, we'll see. We'll see, you know, what's, what's going to happen with them. A uh, quick word on Bernardo Silva. Um, again, what a goal, that one goal. Um, I think it was his first one. Um, you know, Bernardo is just a great player, played for one of the best teams in the world. Guardiola has had some incredible things to say about him. There's talks about a contract renewal. Um, but again, and I talk about this a lot, let's just hope that the form that he has with City is the type of form that we'll see when he comes to Portugal to play Turkey, which, by the way, is less than five weeks away. And by the time some of you hear this, probably next week will probably be something like a month away. So it's getting close. Um, and Bernardo right now is just, you know, the talk. And uh, we also need to give, well, first off, a bit of concern regarding Jota. He injured his ankle the other day. There's a photo on social media of him in crutches. Obviously not very good news because uh, you don't want anybody essential to be missing next month for the World Cup uh, playoff. But uh, that was, uh, again, when you talk about news last week, 
you know, a lot of disappointment. That was one of the disappointments when you heard reports that, you know, he had an ankle injury. So hopefully the kid will be okay and he'll be able to uh, come back and, and be healthy. You know, sometimes when you're hot and you've been doing what he's been doing and then you maybe miss a few weeks, you know, you kind of lose something. It takes a while to get it back. And we don't really want that. You know, we wanted him to bring that form right up until Portugal. But now he might be missing. And we don't know yet. I, I don't want to speculate. But obviously when you have an ankle injury and you're walking on crutches, I don't think it's going to be necessarily anytime uh, soon, especially with all the talent that Liverpool has that, you know, uh, you know, Klopp could easily put in. So hopefully that will not ruin his form. But let's be honest with you. So many Portuguese players do well um, that sometimes when they play for Portugal, it's like, uh, you know, they're neutralized and they're not the same players. So who knows? Maybe Jota will come to Portugal if he hasn't lost his form, but he'll regain his form with Portugal. I don't know. At this point, I don't know what to believe. Um, but we'll see what happens with that. But definitely when it comes to the internationals, uh, Bernardo Silva is fantastic, and we obviously hope for the best with Jota. Cristiano Ronaldo is in the back pages of the sports papers in the United Kingdom regarding the captaincy with uh, Maguire. And, uh, you know, when you're Cristiano and you have as many Instagram followers, every single thing you do is basically a controversy. It's certainly not a controversy that I think he wants to see. But again... You know, you have to wonder with the fact that things just aren't necessarily going that great with Manchester United. Um, you kind of wonder, you know, is he going to possibly leave? And no, he's not going to sporting. I don't see that happening. But um, be curious to see what happens next. Does PSG maybe go after him next summer? Um, or does he make the move, you know, the move for his career and maybe come to America and obviously grow his brand in the United States, which knows as Cristiano Ronaldo is, but... Obviously, he could be a superstar here if he were to do well uh, and certainly grow his name here even more than, you know, than it is uh, right now. Uh, congratulations to the women's national team. Again, anytime there's something to talk about the women, I want to do that. They beat Norway in the Algarve Cup. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Algarve Cup. It's, I'm not sure how many good teams are in it this year, but historically, the Algarve Cup, which is usually played at this time of the year, and usually features Russia, Canada, USA. Uh, all those best players of the USA have played in it every year. Not sure what's happened the last few years, especially with COVID. But uh, Norway is a pretty decent national team, so that's a very good result by the women's football. The women, again, have improved a lot. Uh, they are not like our men's team. Um, somebody asked me, well, what would you say the women are if you were to compare them to a country in Europe? I'd say they're like... Based on the results and the fact that they don't qualify for a lot, they're sort of like a Hungary right now in Austria. They're not. They're getting better, but they haven't had that golden generation yet. They, they, you know, and you hope that as the sport grows in Portugal, that there will be a lot of young girls that will play the game more. And a lot of them already do play, but you hope that golden generation happens, and that's what we're waiting for in Portugal. Because hell. If we could be creating all these great uh, men's players, I don't see any reason why we couldn't uh, create the women, especially with, uh, with the exception of Porto. A lot of the big clubs in uh, Portugal have women's teams, and um, you know, it's, there's no re you know, I, I don't see any reason why you couldn't have better talent coming out of uh, Portugal. Um, I don't think the league attracts a lot of great foreign players, but nevertheless, it's still a pretty uh, you know decent uh, league. Um, and uh, so <clears throat> I'm going to end it right here. Uh, and I'm going to wrap it up talking about the club that I always talk about, and that is, of course, my hometown club. And that is, of course, Atletico dos Arcos. 
Uh, big result again last week. They beat Munson. Right now, Atlético dos Arcos, Neviano Castelo, do Castelo, excuse me, and uh, they are in the promotion group. And right now, they are in a first place tie with Valenciano, but they've played one less match than Valenciano because of some COVID issues. So right now, Atlético dos Arcos is sitting pretty in a first place tie, but with one less match. So they're doing pretty good, um, and they've got a match uh, this weekend. They are going to be playing one of the teams at the bottom of this group, a uh, team called Castellans, who I believe Aracruz handled them pretty well um, back in the fall um, when you know Castellans uh, you know, got promoted to this group as well as the Atletico Aracruz, but they haven't been doing so well. But Atletico do Aracruz, nevertheless, a big, big uh, you know, match this weekend at home against Castellans. And again, um, you know, it's just a lot of fun to see the local club. And it would be so much fun. You know, there's, there's sort of like five divisions in Portugal. So to see them maybe make that jump to uh, the Campeonato dos Seniors, as I believe what they call it, I think that would be a lot of fun. And again, I think the best I'd like to see them is get to the second division one day. They just don't have the resources to be a Division One team. They just don't. But even making it to the third division would be a lot of fun. Maybe they would get to be on TV more. And uh, by the way, some people asked me, I had sent a, uh, an email to Atletico do Jarcos. Uh, hopefully it was the right email. Uh, I got it off a directory uh, asking them, hey, man, start, start showing some of your matches. You know, what's the big deal with putting a camera up there? Use the Relato and uh, simulcast it with the local radio station that tends to, you know, it's not that hard, but I didn't get a response. So I'm not necessarily surprised. But I'll tell you what, next time I go to Portugal, I'm going straight to the office and I'm going to ask that question in person. Um, of course, I'll probably be told, well, would you like to contribute? And I'll say, sure, but I'm not buying everything. But uh, nevertheless, um, it'd be fun to be able to see them and put it on YouTube so anyone could see it. What's the big deal? Whatever. But anyway, folks, that's going to wrap up episode 106. Hopefully in your part of the world, you are doing better. Certainly in my part of the world, things are starting to open up, and especially in Portugal, things are starting to open up, again, with the news that uh, you don't need uh, any tests now to go see a, uh, a match or a sports event or go to a, a club or discotheque. Um, so hopefully things are going to get better uh, for all of us. And again, hopefully this summer, many of us will be able to go to uh, Portugal and enjoy what we always like to do, which is the food, the great people, the football, soccer, and just enjoying the beautiful air. So anyway, that'll wrap up episode 106. Again, Spotify, TuneIn, iTunes, Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Podcast Breaker. Uh, it's all there. Um, I encourage you to check it out. And the listens have been tremendous. Appreciate the ones who would agree with me. I also appreciate the ones who disagree. And I'm always appreciative of your comments. And again, I want to say thank you as well for your support and for letting me come into your world for 35, 40 minutes a week to talk about what we always love, our favorite topic, and that is, of course, Portuguese soccer, Portuguese football. Ciao, everybody. I'll talk to you next time.